Well, the month of May is rolling through and almost done at this point. And although I had planned on doing this podcast every week, things changed somewhat. It's not like that ever happens in life, right? So we've continued on our stream to complete games, usually twice a week, uh, other than a short break that we took back in April. We took a couple weeks off due to health, leaving a job, getting a new puppy, a few things. Uh, it was <laughs> it was an interesting time. And as May 13th rolled around and I celebrated my 30th birthday with some friends who came out of state and uh, the love of my life, I remembered that I really wanted to get a chance to actually sit down and continue recording this. Uh, I've never wanted to avoid doing it by any means, but things have a way of getting out of hand and slipping through the cracks and suddenly it's June. So today I want to just go and start talking about some of the games we've completed. I'll still do two games in a podcast and now that we've got such a backlog of completed games on the stream, we're going to be just talking about two games I've completed in general and I'll go over some kind of complete reviews on the games and my opinions on them and Spoiler warning for each game before I play it. You should be able to skip ahead or if you see one you don't want to hear about or hear one you don't want to hear about. And uh, yeah, that's going to be kind of the plan going forward here. Quick little heads up on the channel right now on twitch.tv slash We are trying to beat 100 games before the end of summer. We've currently completed four and we're only a couple of days into it. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, we have completed Abzu, Little Hope, Little Nightmares, Bioshock Infinite, and we're also playing Final Fantasy X HD right now. And we're going to complete that as two separate games, Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X-2, I think is how that one's pronounced. I'm not 100% sure. But today, I kind of wanted to talk about brevity in games and a couple of short ones that really made a difference for me. In this case, I want to talk about what's commonly referred to as walk-in simulators. Two games that really stood out in this way were Firewatch and What Remains of Edith Finch. Weird games, uh, Edith Finch especially so, but quick ones that I completed in a single sitting on stream or within like two to four hours on each one. And I think that games like this are important for people that think commonly, oh, I don't have time to play a video game or I don't have time to read a book or I don't have time to breathe air, you, you understand the type that we're aiming for here. You all know someone who believes to their core they don't have the time to do it. So these games are nice to try and gain a conversation piece with someone else that you know you can find a common ground and say what did you think about this, what did you think about that, and really draw them into a piece of art, which I really believe is what games have become uh, as the years have slid by. So first off, we're gonna talk about Firewatch, a game that I had actually planned to be part of the second podcast, and so I felt it was only right to add it into the return podcast or whatever I'm gonna call this thing, I don't know. A short game that begins by immediately punching you in the gut like the movie Up did with a sad intro. And no too many spoilers there, but your character ends up being out in the wilderness and doing Firewatch, which is, a form of being the people up in the tall towers and these huge forested areas like Wyoming where fire can cause great havoc, wildfires will go miles and miles, and the whole job is basically you have someone out there for the season 
to make sure people aren't setting off fires, that you know people aren't doing fireworks or whatever, and to try and you know prevent these things from happening. And the game starts out simple enough. Your character has another person they talk to from a tower that you can barely see from yours. And you do these little quests where it's like going out to see what these kids are doing. Are they setting off fireworks? Oh, they're drinking. And a mystery starts to unfold as you play about, are you being watched? Who are these people that are watching you? What's going on? Is it the government? Is it aliens? What's the conspiracy? And it has the perfect amount of time leaving you thinking, what if, in a video game, to where it doesn't lose you. I feel like some games have more focus on length, that they give you filler content to just play another 20 hours instead of actually just driving the point home and leaving you with a memorable experience. In this case, one of the most common things I'm thinking of is Assassin's Creed games right now. Odyssey I completed in February and uh, I enjoyed the game a lot, but I also hated the fact that I was level gated so hard and forced to do the same repetitive task over and over just to progress forward even a tiny amount well after I had acquired all the skills and abilities in the game to actually do anything meaningful. I have Valhalla coming up as well as a request and a little nervous that it's going to be more of the same, but I suppose we'll find out when that time comes. But Firewatch, at every turn, every day your character wakes up, whether it's a time jump or not, over the season, has something that draws them in and has them something that you're directly going to. Do you need to check out this cave? Do you need to check out this lake? Whatever it is, the character wants to go there and you want to know what's going on to get even another snippet to find out what the story is about. It comes to a head that you do not expect with a reveal that was more surreal than anything else, like, oh, I guess this makes sense. And I think it leaves you to, by the point of four hours where you finish the game, thinking to yourself the whole time through, this all made sense and reading reviews and other things about this game from other people's point of view, the game has an amazing way of capturing escapism as a medium. The beginning, like I said, was rather sad for your character as he's going through some tragedies in his life and he's using this job as a form to escape from the things that are hard for him at home. And you start to, as your character, want to escape into this fanatical, crazy, like fantasy world of maybe it's this crazy conspiracy. And maybe it is, I'm not gonna let you know. So if you wanna really see a piece of art on something that is quick to the point and has to do with escaping from your common everyday woes, I really think that Firewatch is a game to go ahead and give it a shot and try. It's short, it's cheap. I said, I think it took me about four hours and. I'm tempted to play through it again just to see if I missed little tiny clues here and there that are for sure spread around on the game. But a fantastic game to try out regardless. The other one that's in the walking simulator type category would be What Remains of Edith Finch. The game that when you start playing you go around the corner and you see the house for the first time you think it's some weird Willy Wonka meets I don't even know how to describe it. The house is weird and definitely not under OSHA approved standards. Uh, there's a boat on like the 16th floor or some crazy stuff leaning into a tree house that's tacked on by like a shipping container. It, yeah, it's, it's a weird place. It's like a shanty town meets a Victorian home. Anyways, house aside, 
you basically play through the story as a character going through and remembering about your family as you as Edith go through and learn more about the past deaths that happen in your family. You do this by going through uh, little peepholes that show you the rooms of these people and then eventually find your way through them by passageways. Your mother left the home with you after some tragic events befell your brothers and she basically was sad that you had lost both your brothers at this point and was getting you out of the house, convinced that the grandma uh, you know, was telling these stories to these kids. And again, I'm getting a little bit off here, but I don't want to spoil too much for you. Your mother leaves, but as your mother passes away from an illness that they don't really describe to you, but it seems to be cancer, um, she gives you a key. You go back to the house, the key opens up a passageway, and your story starts to unfold. The first story you do is about a little girl who is so hungry, she starts eating things like the food out of her gerbil cage and then a tube of toothpaste, and then she becomes a cat to eat a bird that becomes a shark that becomes a monster to eat people. And it's just this weird, surreal dream experience uh, that you relive through in the form of a diary entry that she writes on her bed, convinced there's a monster beneath her. And this is within like the first 10 minutes of the game, so don't worry, it's nothing too crazy spoiler-wise. It really draws you in as you start playing as a shark rolling down a hill to hit the ocean so that you can eat a seal to become a like tentacle monster. They really never showed it. Uh, it was not what I anticipated when I booted the game up for the first time. And you go through this family tree of the Finch family and learn all these crazy stories about them from one to the next. I really think the game has its crescendo and its masterpiece moment when you see the story about your brother working at the cannery. I won't go into it too much, but the whole thing is probably one of the longer stories other than the initial first one you did as well. But what it really does is it can show you just the dangers of just losing yourself to thought and Again, it's it's 100% worth a playthrough. I think I beat the game in two hours on stream. It was a quick walkthrough, and there's more than likely some Easter eggs and little things that I've missed. A lot of times when I beat a game uh, and I go back on the achievements, I get about 60%. So it, there's like 40% of the achievements are weird things I didn't quite do uh, that I need to go back. And this one, since it's a walking sim straight through, it just told you a story like a movie. It left me thinking about a lot of stuff, and the biggest one being the idea that a family gets this tale of themselves stuck in their head sometimes. We are this family, so we have this kind of luck. We are this family, so we have this kind of wealth. And it just, it can be dangerous with that, uh, especially since this family in particular is fascinated with death. And oh, it doesn't matter, we will die, it's part of the way it goes. It's gonna be something that happens to us because we're a finch. It's just inevitable. And to be fair, a lot of those deaths are put into a sense that is almost fantasy-like as there's a recreation for it. And I, I've watched one or two deep dives into the game now where it shows what actually probably happened to these people. Whereas one, maybe they just got lost, or one, they did fall down off of a hill. Uh, and the grandma almost 
memorializes these people with shrines to their bedroom. And it's a long way from games from back in the day that you'd play on like your Windows 98 or Windows 2000, what is that, Millennial Home XP Edition, where you just kind of walked through and picked up little papers and the papers said something. And I'm honestly curious about walking simulator games more than some other genres in video games in the coming years. As hardware gets more powerful, VR starts becoming more manageable. To be able to put on a headset and walk through a story like that, I think is gonna be something that is more and more powerful in games. Uh, and, and it's different than games like, we won't get into Little Hope too much or Man of Madon too much here, but those ones are great as well for like watching a movie, but they still have a lot of parts where they want you to interact. Can you escape this monster? Can you escape this quick time event? And so you still have to get pulled out of the, the immersion, if you will, to then suddenly be like, oh, quick, I better press the X button. But these walking sims like Firewatch and Edith Finch really bring you into the story in a way that no other real game genre can do. And so I'm curious to see where it goes. My favorite genre being Metroidvanias because of their really tight, precise movements and the way they utilize a whole map over and a whole to where you can go back to your starting point, find something that you didn't even realize was there because so many maps in video games, shooters especially to me, feel like they just do this amazing set piece that you see for such a short amount of time and never go back to. So the maps that are burned in my head are things like uh, Hollow Ness from Hollow Knight and you know everything from Super Metroid. So uh, yeah, Walking Sims, two short games, what remains of Edith Finch and Firewatch. I said, if you really wanted to sit down and beat both of them on a Saturday, six hours, maybe. Uh, however, you know, if you wanted to put an hour in each night or however you play video games, you can knock out these ones very fast and very short. And so with the reviews there, uh, I'm sure you can imagine that they got high marks from me, but the hard part about gaming game reviews is sometimes you have to try and compare them to other ones. You know, when I say, one of my favorite games ever is like Sekiro. Uh, and I say it's like a 10 out of 10 for me. That's hard when I try and say, okay, well, Firewatch is this. So more than anything, I always try and compare them to other walking simulators. And out of the ones I've currently played and we'll talk about on this stream, uh, or on this podcast so far, I'll have to say these are some of the top ones I've played at this point. And we'll have some more coming along um, as we go. I, I don't know if, Abzu and Journey are going to be lumped into this category or not. We did finish Abzu on stream just the other day. Uh, but I think they'll be a little bit different than this because there's more interactivity that you can do on those. So we'll find out. But if you want to try and uh, wet your feet in something that is a different genre than a shooter, RPG, or action title, give one of these a shot. See if you like it. If you have any questions, concerns, anything else about the podcast, feel free to reach out to me. I'm available on <laughs> Twitter, Discord, Instagram. Uh, of course, stop by the Twitch, say hi if you will. Whatever the case being, we're always available around. Uh, right now we're trying to grow the other platforms a bit like Twitter and Instagram more just to see if we can get more people into Twitch. I notice a lot of my uh, friends and family still don't understand what Twitch is and they think it's kind of just like YouTube, which 
you know, day by day, I feel like the, the knowledge has to get out there that no, this is an actual live streaming thing where you can talk directly to me and I can talk back to you in real time. There's nothing else really like that, that thanks to, you know, modern day technology advances in internet, we can actually do that kind of stuff. It blows my mind. So hopefully this is a little bit better. We'll continue trying to knock these out as the summer goes. If these gain some traction and become popular this summer, awesome, we'll keep them going. If not, who knows, maybe we'll just continue doing this for a way for me to vent out about some of the games that I've found and enjoyed. Regardless, hope to see you on the Twitch channel. Again, it's twitch.tv slash Shanicus. Twitter is Shanicus. Instagram is Shanicus Streams. And uh, you can find me basically all over if you just search S-H-A-N-E-C-U-S. Hope to see you around. Have a good day.